Travolting presents The Fraser's Edge. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering Dogfight. Enjoy the episode. Down, down, no bite, no bite, down, down. <laughs> I thought I was hoping you were gonna bark back at me, and I was gonna say, "What is this? Some kind of dog, dog fight?" fight? <laughs> That's right, folks. Welcome uh, back to this episode of The Fraser's Edge. Never do that ever again. Where please. we are covering the motion picture Dog, dog fight. fight, 1991, the 1991. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Lily Taylor motion picture. Yes, another movie where. Brendan Fraser had to have just graduated college yes. and filmed like right away the same round time when Child of Darkness, Child of Light was filming. Yes. But I'll give like the, th- the difference between that motion picture and this one is that he, whereas in Child of Darkness, Child of Light, he is fully like an extra who yes. just got a credit because like, I guess his, he was in the shot more yeah. so. He, there's a focus on him. Um, in this movie, he gets a line. And so that usually happens, I feel like you and I, we work in the industry, so, you know, you don't usually get a line unless you either audition and you get a role, which I'm sure he did for this. Right. Or you're booked as an extra, and they're like, well, we want someone to say something, and they particularly pick someone out of the crowd. Yeah. Which is, I'm sure, where he was at in his career now. He's doing a lot of extra roles. He's uh, being, you know, background in a lot of movies. And he probably just kind of threw the ring, or they're like, oh, we're looking for, like, a tough sail like military they probably booked like four sailor background that day and brandon frazier just happened to be one of them yeah and he happened to be the one who they're like this guy looks like he could like beat someone up yeah right 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 because fraser fraser does have a stocky build to him yeah and he's tallish he's tall and he has a stocky build that works well for like kind of the meathead roles he'll play in his career yeah parts um and especially in this movie where like his character should have just been named like sergeant meathead or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much yes um, yeah. Looking to see how tall he is. Six two. He is a he's a tall boy. He's six two. Tall, tall guy. Tall tall gentleman. Uh, yeah. So dogfight came out in nineteen ninety one, starring River Phoenix and Lily Taylor. Lily River Phoenix, uh, pretty recognizable name. Uh, people probably know River Phoenix purely just off of notoriety, but mostly stand by um, uh, stand by me. And um, I don't know what other things is River Phoenix like mostly known for. Um, sorry, I was just distracted by something. What did you say? Uh, what was River Phoenix mostly known for? Like Stand uh, by Me, Stand and, by Me, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah. Um, he was nominated for an Academy Award for Running on Empty for Supporting Actor, which yeah. is him and Judd Hirsch. Um, he's in a movie that I really love, The Mosquito Coast. Yeah. Um, uh, which is Harrison Ford's best performance, probably. Um, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, I'd check it out. Um, but he he was an up-and-coming actor at the time. Yeah. And that's what really kind of makes the whole thing very sad, is that he was up-and-coming. And I would say by this point, he's just starting to really get established as his own name. Yeah. But we were, t- like, because he passes away in 1993. Yeah. Uh, in the Viper Room in California. Um, and I feel like we were really robbed of a career that was about to really explode. Right. Because he had already been nominated for an Academy Award at such a young age, at 18. Um, and he had, was just getting role after role. Indiana Jones established that he was great at action. He's really good in that opening of Indiana Jones. Yeah, he is. And I think he's really good in this movie. Yeah. 
I would agree. Um, Dogfight, a movie that I actually quite liked a lot. I uh, I, I was uh, a little indifferent about just because you know with the it's it's hard because the movie you have to kind of like judge it based on the times yeah. that it was made in, um, which I hate always saying that because it's like. I don't know. There are some very like progressive films like back in the day that you yeah. watched in today's terms and they still hold up pretty well. Yeah. This is a movie where you watch and, you know, at least the first act and maybe act two doesn't really set well with your stomach. Yeah. But I think, you know, we were just talking a little bit before the podcast and I think you made a really good point that, you know, the, the movie does make a case for like toxic masculinity yeah. because and the, all those sort of things. This movie's filmed in 1991 or comes out in 1991 and it's set in 1963. So it's already in its own way a critique of a year of a period thirty years prior. Yeah. Um, the approach that this movie takes is right off the bat, it's trying to be an American graffiti riff. Like it kind of does the same like bunch of kids last night in town before they ship off. Yeah. Kind of vibe to it. Right. In American graffiti, they're going to college, or some of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, he's going to Vietnam. Right. And the whole thing ends the same way that American graffiti ends, where like. He leaves, and then JFK dies, and that's the death of innocence in America, and, you know, they come back a changed person, the country's shattered and torn apart. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's nearly as successful as that movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, it was just like the the beginning part, because it doesn't do a, like, a good enough job of, like, trying to sell me on why I should, like, really care for yeah. these characters. You know, the, my first thought is, like, these guys are just pretty much awful. Yeah. They're the epitome of what's awful about, yeah. you know, the the nature of toxic masculinity yeah. in the military and all all those all that proposed goes mm-hmm. from there. Uh I would say, you know, third act it does sort of it tries its best to bring it home and depending on how you feel about it, like for some folks it probably works, for other yeah. folks it doesn't. I would say for me, um, I wasn't quite, you know, head over heels by the end of it. Yeah. I- um this isn't the best movie I've ever seen, but I did quite like it a lot. I think it's a certified. I would give it stamp of Jeff. I would say the biggest thing that I ad- admired and liked to this was the believable chemistry between Lily Taylor and River Phoenix. Yes, that that was very they have good. Great chemistry. They do have really good chemistry. They're both very charming in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Which does bring me to my one criticism that I'll get to in a little bit. Yeah, uh, my one major criticism. Okay, which I'll bring. But first, there's a little context for this movie. Not yeah. a lot. Um, but it's directed by Nancy Savoka, who hasn't really done, like, a significant amount of movies. She's an NYU graduate, but she did go on to direct something. She was an auditor and production assistant for uh, John Sales and Jonathan Demme. Started as a storyboard artist. Um, and then she goes on to direct her own movies. She won a Sundance Grand Jury Prize for motion picture True Love that she made. Um, and then this is the movie that comes immediately after that. Mm-hmm. And then after that, she mostly kind of sells into directing TV movies. Um, a lot of ones that I don't recognize, um, but she's she's consistently working, uh, well, so she's a working director. That's always good. Can't fault her for that. But it seems like this is the one movie she's done that really like kind of had something of an impact. Yeah, it didn't like explode, but it it had some impact to it. Right. Uh, and then there's Brendan Fraser. Yes, who is in this movie. He's in uh, this movie. And we, we kind of talked about at the beginning of the episode already where he's at. But, you know, he's just this is his first speaking role where he's coming out of right out of college, getting extra roles. And this is the one where they're like, all right, this, this kid, this kid might have something. He might have some juice. This kid could let's talk. Get, let's throw him a line. Eh? Throw him a line. And then uh, starting next week, he starts getting lead roles right away. And I don't think this is the movie that like everyone's like, whoa, that guy. But I think it was the step where people are like, 
this kid might have something. Yeah. Let's throw him a role and then keep him in mind for the next movie. Yeah. I mean, I kind of more uh, praise it to like he was an extra and they just give him a line. Yeah. And he kind of fits the bill for what they needed to convey. So, mm-hmm. which I think is a, I think it's a good point moving forward into his career is that yeah. Brendan Fraser is that guy that just fits the bill yeah. that can get your, to get the thing done for you. But lo and behold, he actually can add not just that, yeah. but a little bit of charm to it yeah. as well. He's funny in this movie for his one line. Yes, he it's is. A, it's a funny delivery. It's a funny scene. Yeah, I would agree. Like, you know, this movie starts and first thing that pops up is the words a Peter Newman production. Yeah. I just want to say, um, for any of our listeners who also listen to the podcast Blank Check with Griffin and David, um, which is a podcast I love dearly, okay. um, Peter Newman, who produced this movie, is the father of the host of that Griffin Newman. Um, fun fact. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Who was a guest on several episodes who I just listened to, so that was a little funny. I just listened to their episode on Swimming to Cambodia where he guested, and then I opened the, then I turned this movie on, and uh, Peter Newman. Yes, Blank Check, a great podcast you all should listen to, and if you had to pick them over us. Pick us. I mean, they're probably better, but pick us. Yeah. They have enough listeners. They do have enough listeners. We need more. Um, More. More. But we we start off in 1967. Yes. That's where the the flash forward is. Yeah. Um, And River Phoenix is like kind of, he looks kind of bummy. He's kind of staggering. He's sitting on a bus. Um, with like kind of loose fitting dress, m- military fatigues on. Yeah. Um, and he's just sitting there. He looks all depressed. And then as he's thinking, we get cut back to 1963. Yeah. And that's ba- th- it's a very short opening, right? Yeah. Okay. He goes back to 1963 where we're on a bus again. Yeah. And, and it's him and the boys. Him and three other guys. The, the four Bs. The four Bs. The four Bs. They buzz in. They buzz in. Because they are... Buzzed. Bees. Bees. Yes. It's great. Um, it, it needs to be noted, this is set November 21st of 1963. And what's what's the, what's, what is the... Uh, significance of the that date? What's the significance of that date, Jeff? Um, it's the significance of the day before JFK gets shot. <laughs> yeah. Which is, if you're making a movie about, like, the death of innocence in America, which is in part what I think this movie's about, or, like, the changing tides of America... Hell of a day to set it. <laughs> yeah. Because it ends and immediately the country changes. Yeah. There's an argument to be made that the JFK assassination is the start of the 60s. Yeah. Because like it's technically the third year of the 60s. But like in terms of culturally what we think of the 60s as. Right. Like JFK assassination is kind of the beginning of that. And there's an argument to be made that the assassination of JFK is what led to our um, increased involvement in Vietnam. Yes. Like we were already involved in Vietnam as they say in, you know, in the movie yeah. that they're going to go to this little country yeah. called Vietnam. You know, they make it sound yeah. like, Oh, like there's no significance in that name whatsoever. Yeah, they're like, this little country called, it's a little heavy handed. We'll be back next year. Just in time for dinner. Yeah, just in time for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's something to be said about that as yeah. well. Um, but yeah, the four B's, they get off the bus and they're all hooting and hollering and joking. And yeah. it's their last night. Uh, before they get shipped off and deployed to Vietnam. Yeah. So what do they do? They commence. Uh, they decide they're going to have a dog fight. They're going to have this old tradition it's contest called a dog fight. And, and the dog. What is the dog fight, Jeff? A dog fight in this movie is that 
the group of guys who in this movie is a bunch of them. It's like the entire busload essentially. It's not just the four B's. Yeah. Everyone goes out in the town. They're in San Francisco. Yeah. Which I did not realize until the end of the movie. Oh really? Um, I just didn't put together that it was San Francisco. Okay. Because like they're on, they're only ever on close streets. You don't see the Golden Gate Bridge until the very end. Right. Yeah. But they're in San Francisco and they go out in the town and they have to find the ugliest girl they can and bring her to a club that night. Yeah. Where they'll have a dance off and whoever is voted as finding the ugliest girl wins the prize money. Yeah. Which is immediately like red flags, very sexist game idea. Yeah. And the movie agrees with that. It right. doesn't agree with the thing. It kind of plays it off funny at the beginning, but it does turn it around and make it like the yeah. villain of the movie. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. So the river Phoenix plays a character named Birdlace. Yes. Is his actual name. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Birdlace. Right. And, uh, they all part ways to go find their women. And Birdlace goes to a few different places. Yes. Tries to, you know, hook up with different women who keeps getting rejected yeah. over and over again. One of them, like, picks up an older woman sitting on a bench in a park. Yeah. One of them uh, picks up a Native American woman getting off a bus. Yeah. Um, they all have their strategies to try and bring these women to the dogfight. Right. Um, and what uh, Eddie Birdlace, I'm just going to say Birdlace. Yeah. Does is he goes to he goes into a coffee shop and he sees like an older woman man in the counter. Yeah. Tries to put the charm on for her, immediately shut down. Yeah. Rejection. Doesn't work. He turns around and he sees a, y- a young waitress. Young waitress playing guitar in the corner. Yeah. Name is by Rose, herself. played by Lily, Lily Taylor. Taylor. Um, Lily Taylor, who has like this is probably the start of her career. Yes, this is very early for Lily Rose. She had been in a few things prior to this. She's in Say Anything and Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah, but this is, I believe, her first like real lead role. Yeah, um, for folks who but, may, for the lay person, Lily Taylor is the mom that gets possessed in The Conjuring. Yes, for the the modern audience. For the modern audiences who may not know, but she pops up at. She has kind of a good '90s run. She's in a I Shot Andy Warhol and some movies like that yeah. Rudy she's in Rudy mm-hmm. um, if you like Rudy I don't like Rudy but I know a lot of people do like Rudy why don't you like Rudy I just thought it was boring I, I it's been like 10 years since I watched it so maybe I'll like it if I watch it again I haven't seen it forever as well so I don't really remember much about it mm-hmm. maybe that's what we watch next Jeff Rudy the Rudy cast the Rudy cast uh, Sean the Sean Astin cast <laughs> hey Sean Astin cast it's, it's an idea. That's an idea. It's an idea. Yep. <laughs> uh, maybe not the best one, but it's an idea. <laughs> well, what the audience doesn't know is Jeff actually has the next four podcasts planned ahead of us. I have several ideas. Bold to assume it's just four. It's probably I have like several eight. ideas. Yeah. Um, no, if we did the Sean asking us, it would be dire near the end. It would be it'd be 20 years of nothing. Pretty much, yeah. Alvin and the Chipmunks, the squeak wool. Um, no, thank you. We have to watch season uh, two of Stranger Things. We don't do TV. Stuart, if we did Stranger Things, we would have to go back and do Welcome Back, Cotter. Fuck. You know we like (laughs) (laughs) lines have to be drawn in the sand. Okay. (laughs) We're trapped in our own prison. (laughs) We have built our own prison that if we did Stranger Things, we'd have to go back and do Welcome Back, Cotter, The People versus O.J. Simpson. (sighs) And I, we're, we're, no, we're not doing it. Okay. No t- we're not doing TV shows. Okay. Fair. Anyway. Fair, fair, fair. Yes. I mean, it's we commit, whatever. Yeah. 
Anyway. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so dog fight. Okay. All yeah, right. dog fight. Um <laughs> I don't know why we were laughing that hard. Because it was the bartender. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's the last podcast. Yeah. Um, so the he goes over to Rose, who's just sitting there playing her guitar. Yeah. And he kind of like puts the charm offensive on her and he's like, Hey, do you want to go out tonight? And he's being sweet. Yeah. In a way. Uh, and she's interested in folk music, so we kind of just making up facts about folk music. He's like Sam Gwain or something like that. I just want to say you said in a way like Australian. It's like in a way. In a way he just starts putting the charm offensive on it, doesn't he? <laughs> Oh, he, gets the, he gets the kangaroo and the dinga. No. Uh, but he puts the charm on, and she's initially says no. She comes up with all these excuses like, um, I have to work close tonight. I have to, my mom will be alone tonight. She's a single mom. We live above the store. And eventually she, run, after River Phoenix leaves, she's like, ah, fuck it. And she puts like, um, first she runs down. She's like, all right, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. Is this a nice, should I dress nicely? Yeah. And he's clearly trying to be like, no, because you have to look ugly. But he's like, yeah, it's a, it's a nice thing. Because like his facade's starting to drop and then he actually finds her attractive. Yeah. Which I think is a problem with this movie. Is this um, your big thing? Yeah, my, my big holdup is that the idea is that they need to find the ugliest. And he clearly like picks her. He, doesn't, he asks her because he does find her attractive, but he still knows he has to win this. So he's kind of so he kind of picks her because she's unattractive. Still, the thing is, Lily Taylor is very pretty in this movie. I think. I uh, would say she's not ugly. Yeah, she's just she's fairly plain. Yeah, and so like that's the problem I have with this movie is like yeah. I feel like the really transgressive version of this movie would have been if he had picked like someone who is conventionally unattractive. Yeah. And then fallen in love with them and that kind of deconstructed the idea of this dog fight. Yeah. Um, instead, I still think the movie works that way, but it's a bit of a hope that Lily Taylor is very charming, very conventionally attractive in this movie, I think. And Again, that... I would st- maybe steer yeah. away from conventionally attractive. Yeah. I just think like she's... I think they put in the effort to make her look yeah. fairly plain for yes. even 1960s time. Yes. But you're right. She isn't like conventionally Because ugly. like... E.G. Daly plays one of the other women. She's like missing teeth and like has yeah. this huge beehive. And exactly. like, they really like put her to the nines. Yeah. And Lily Taylor's like, fine. And so that's the problem I have this movie that like the message tr- is trying to be like, you know, there's beauty in everybody. Yeah. Everybody's beautiful in their own way for different people. Whereas Lily Taylor, it's like, it's, it, like, it's with, not hard to find. With it. her, it kind of makes the message like she's the least ugly of the bunch. Right. So she's the one who gets like who has success. Yeah. And I, that's clearly not what they're intending. And I still think the movie works. Like it doesn't fall into that trap fully, but it is a trap that's there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would agree with that. I For me, it's like I just don't fall in love with these guys. Yeah anytime quickly yes and if anything like bird lace does pick up the charm a little bit later especially mm-hmm. in the dinner scene yeah. but i would say for the most part it's like when they all go to vietnam and spoiler alert when you know they shit, all die the shit goes down River like i don't feel bad about it yeah like i don't necessarily i'm not like oh yeah for me i'm just like okay like that's what happens mm-hmm. they go to vietnam and they all get shot up and killed except yeah. for phoenix who's like traumatized by yeah. war. It's like, okay, like great. Yeah. Now he's going to ha- probably have PTSD and be even for more of a talk for be a more toxic man. Probably. Mm. 
I think the movie gives hope in that not happening at the end. Yeah, it tries to. Mm-hmm. I will agree with that. It tries to. Because, like, so she goes out with him, and yeah. they're walking around. And they walk by a theater where there's, like, it's a movie I think it's called, like, The Something About Mimi or whatever. I don't remember. Something like that. Um, And she's like, you know, isn't it crazy, like, we're just, like, there's men fighting for, our, like, their lives out there for our lives, and we're just sitting around here, like, watching movies and doing nothing, which, like, hit me to my gut, because I'm like, yeah, that's me right now. I'm <laughs> watching this movie <laughs> to get ready to talk about in this spot. But she's like, I, she wants to make, she wants to have an impact in the world through art, is her dream. Yeah. She wants to be a folk singer, and she kind of puts out that you can, like, music is a weapon. Music is a way to change someone's mind, to offer a new perspective, a new point of view for them mm-hmm. without violence. Yeah. And he's like, you want me to do that? Just give me a gun. And she's like, well, if you start shooting at people, they start shooting back. And so they're, the argument of their relationship and their dichotomy kind of comes down to right at the beginning, like he is very stuck in like the masculine ways of doing things. Yeah. Like he's like, this dog fight is what the boys do. Men go out and fight and that's how you change the world. And she's like, peace is the is a way to change the world, and you accomplish peace through art and understanding and communication, which is by the end of the movie what she does with him. She does uses she? music, she uses understanding, and she changes him as a person before he goes to Vietnam. before he goes to Vietnam. Okay, okay, okay. And that's what I find kind of interesting about this movie is like that's its thesis, and it puts the work into showing it in the actual text of the movie. Yeah. Because in a larger scale, the movie is trying to be about America at an inflection point in the 60s. Yeah. But in the microcosm, it's just about these two people and how, you know, the pursuit of peace and love and music, sex, drugs, rock and roll, whatever, um, triumphs over, like, the military complex. Hmm. And so to me, that's where I really found this movie interesting. Yeah. Just give me a big old smile. No, I mean, I, I, I hear you say all of these things. Um, I guess for me, it was just, I wish that was told through a POV. I felt more attached to. Yes. That, that is the, that's something I would have, you know, I, I'll give you that, that if you can't really latch on to Phoenix's character in this movie, that becomes hard to yeah. feel. And I'm not saying that in against to Phoenix. Yes. Cause he plays his role the best way he probably yes. could. I place that more into the text of his character yeah. and just how it was written. How he comes. It's not a perfect movie by any means. Right. Um, but it's one that I liked. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure we're skipping around, but are we at the dog fight? Yeah, but they go to the dog fight after this. Yeah. And she's, I forget what she says, but I wrote in my notes that he, um, she's like, don't you like to do anything, you know, just like talk or dance or anything like that? And he's like, we like to drink because <laughs> men like to drink. And yeah. Drink. <laughs> I mean, is she wrong? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the dog fight begins. Uh, there's Rottweilers running around. <laughs> Bull out. It's, no. uh, it takes a real turn. It turns yeah. out it really there, there is, is a dog. An actual, there is actually a dog fight in this movie. They fetch. A dog does fight somebody in this movie. That is true. And it's a very funny scene. Yeah. Now, it's really just like each guy goes out with their lady and starts dancing. Yeah. And they start dancing, and, and that's the, the final. And like, the spectators are watching and making like a decision. Yes. And the winner turns out, I mean, um, Lily Taylor drinks too much, and she runs and she vomits in the bathroom. And then E.G. Daly, who every movie sounds like Tommy Pickles from Rugrats. 
because she is Tommy Pickles from Rugrats, and I like, which is fine. Like she is Tommy Pickles, and I know this, and I know she's an accomplished actress, and she's been in a lot of movies, and I've seen plenty of them. But but when she's in this movie, she's and Tommy she sounds Pickles. like fucking Tommy Pickles. That's really throwing me off. You gotta let it go, man. Yeah, she just goes in the bathroom. She's off camera for most of it. Yeah, and she's arguing with one of the other bees. About how like yeah he paid her. I did what you wanted me to do. No, pay, pay me half the money or whatever. They made the deal that she has like fucked up teeth, and that she would not wear her retainer and come and look as ugly as she can, so they would win and they would split the money. Yeah, so they made a deal with her. Right, and she comes in and she's like, Chucky and the I can't I can't do the Tommy Pickle. She's like Chucky and I no I can't do it. Um, <laughs> Phil Lil Dill. Um, Take a sick day, man. <laughs> you, ever, you ever think about Dill? Pickles. Do I ever think Rugrats. about Dill Pickles? I just think it's funny that the brother's name is Dill and the last name is Pickles. Dill Pickles. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um, <laughs> the dad's name is Stu in that, you know, Stuart. I know his name but is But there's no such thing as Stu Pickles. Stu You can pickles. have Pickle Stew, but you can't have Stu Pickles. You could Stew Pickles. Yes, you could do that. You could... But you know, it's just strange that they really I'm doing commi- a stew gesture. It, it's just kind of folks. it's just kind of fucked up that they committed to the kid <laughs> having that dog shit ass name, and none of the rest of the family has to suffer with the consequences. What, what else would be a funny like pickles name? Like, like what, be, what are like uh, types of pickle? Kosher, kosher, kosher pickles? pickles. I'm looking up types of pickles. Types of pickles. This is important, folks. We um, have to discuss this. Bread and gherkin, Hungarian pickle. It's literally just dill. Dill is like the only interesting name of pickles. Yeah. Like, like, what's your name? Hungarian. Yeah, Hungarian <laughs> pickles. Bread and butter pickles. BB. <gasps> BB. BB pickles. Like if it's like Abby pickles, but the nickname BB for short. Yes. Ooh. But like that's that's the you know I just want to say that's kind of fucked up that they did that to that poor baby. A lot of people had a really bad names, Jeff. Yeah. Some people really do. I mean, just think about it, Nicholas. Um, uh. Nicholas Coppola. Can you, God forbid, can you imagine? Can you imagine your last name be Coppola? Yeah, I would just change it to something like, um, I, I, if I my last name is Coppola, I feel like I was in a cage and I just changed my last name. In spite of my rage, I'm still just a Nicholas Cage. Okay, anyway. Anyway. Um, they're at the dog fight. Um, Lily Taylor hears this and realizes what the rules of the dog fight are. Yeah. And she's like, to E.G. Taylor, she's like, what is this? And Lily Taylor's like, oh, they bet on how ugly we all are. Lily Taylor, very upset about this. Right. Understandably so. Yeah. Uh, she kind of just got led on a charade. Yeah. Uh, so she goes out and she like kind of, she slaps River Phoenix across the face. She was very drunk. Yeah. And then she storms off home crying. Yeah. And it's upsetting because Lily Taylor is very good in this movie. At, like she's extremely charming. Yeah. So when she kind of learns what this is, and like to her, this is the first boy who's ever shown interest in her. Yeah. And she learns it's because she's ugly and he wanted to win money. Yeah. Like that's soul crushing. Right. And so she goes home and she's very upset. Did that ever happen to you, Jeff? Uh, I have not been brought to any dog fights under the uh, logic that I was ugly enough to win a competition. Uh, people are just like he's too ugly naturally. Like we seem really like caught on by that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then. Where's the sailor fight? It's uh, like right around this point. It's a shortly after. Yeah. Because River Phoenix, uh, Birdlace, like runs off after her. Yeah. Because he actually was interested. And he had tried to dissuade her from coming to the club earlier. Yeah. He was like, hey, maybe we go somewhere else tonight. 
because uh, he's starting to like feel bad about her feelings getting hurt. Uh, and so he runs off after her. While he does that, the three other bees, whose names I cannot remember and are not really that important to the movie. Yeah. They, uh, they start making fun of these sailor guys. Yeah, they start making fun of sailors the who are there. And they start calling them names like, yeah. yo, sailor douche or whatever. Yeah, something I don't, like I don't that. know what it was. But uh, oh, Oki is one of the other names, the sailors. And uh, Donovan, Victor, I don't know. I don't know. No. But anyway, they're making fun of these sailor guys. Yes. And one of them turns around. turns around. And he walks toward them. And who is it, Jeff? Brendan Fraser. It's Brendan Fraser. And what, and what does he say? He says, what does he say? I have it right here. What does he say? He says, I can't remember what they say. Like, would you like to eat my ass or something? And Brendan mm-hmm. Fraser looks at them. He says, how would you like to eat my shit? And then he punches one of them and they punch back and a fight breaks out. Yeah. How would you the like? the sailors and the Marines. How would you like to eat my shit? Yes. <laughs> Brendan Fraser coming on the scene with a force. Yes. With the quickness. That is his first line in his career, in ladies Hollywood, and gentlemen. that is his first line. How would you like to eat my shit. shit. <laughs> and I'm like, Brendan, any day. How would you like you like to eat eat my shit. shit? So many ways you can play that line. <laughs> there are so many. It's like it's like maybe one of the most um How would you like to eat my shit? My shit. It's maybe one of the most like, no, transgressive lines I've ever heard. That you can change any syllable. You can do so much with it. You could do so much with it, but Fraser Ladies yes. and gentlemen, Fraser executes it perfectly. Yeah, he just goes in and he's like, how'd you like to eat my, my shit? shit? Whoa! Whoa, shit! All things considered, like, jokes aside, he is actually funny in it. Like, it's a good it's a good line delivery. He's just, yeah. He, like, kind of plays the meathead off on it. He's like, how'd you like to eat my shit, bro? Yeah. And then he swings a punch and then a fight breaks out. Yeah, a fight breaks out. And that's all we get of Brendan Fraser. Now, Jeff, I, I, I want to I point out something that... We uh, do you have any imagery or photo of what he looks like in this scene? I can find it. I, I'm I'm lo- also looking forward to, but um, so folks, last episode we um, we started off the hair ranking. Oh, I also found it too. Oh, okay, you got it. Then I'm not gonna turn my thing. All right. Around. Um. Uh, I'm just looking for it. Oh, I found it. Okay, here we go. So I'm just looking at it, and I'm seeing if they're wearing like a hat at all. Oh no, he isn't wearing a hat. Okay, so let's let's just let's just say you know how would you like to eat my shit? Brendan Fraser's hair in this is very clean cut sailory. Yeah. As opposed to what it was in Child of Darkness, Child of Darkness, Child of fluffy. Light, where it was a little floofy. So I'm gonna say I like the messy haircut floof yeah. better. So we're gonna put this at number two. Yeah, number two, uh, right under that. Now there is no crying in this. <laughs> Sorry, just, <laughs> I'm just gonna turn the sound. Uh, yeah, there really isn't any. Uh, any crying in that one so i can't really rank the crying list in that but whatever all right so we got number two of the hair ranking i'm still not sold if the hair ranking is the way to go with fraser here Mm -hmm. i think we need to find something else to rank him on i this is up to you dude 
I am just trying to think of like, what is it? What is it? What is the thing that we think of for Brendan Fraser? What is the thing that we... Uh, the yell. He yells a lot. Is it really the yell? That's what I think of, but I don't know if but, we can really rank the yells. Yeah, it's like yeah, the yell ranking? Yeah. That sounds lazy. Because mm-hmm. uh, for that one... I mean, it's number like, one would automatically be the moment where he's like... Bah! Yeah, exactly. It's number one. Yeah. I don't know. We'll 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 look into it. We'll look yeah. into it. I think we have to make a decision by movie ten. My movie ten, yes. By I movie agree. ten, we have to make a decision. Yes, and then we have to make sure we have a full ranking of those first ten. Yes. But right now we're still going with hair. Right now. Right now. We might end up still keeping with that, but who knows? Yeah. Okay, so then uh River Phoenix, Bird Lace uh, follows uh Rose. Lily yeah, he Taylor. follows her um while they're in a fight with the sailors. And he's trying to like beg her for like, hey, like, can we just like, you know, this is like, I'm really sorry. Like, that was really bad. Like, he apologizes for the whole thing. And then, you know, she's like, well, why do you even like hang out with those guys? Or wh- why would you do something like that? And he's like, well, it's just like really. Yeah. It's like, it's just, you know, it's our. That's just how the boys do it. Yeah. He, like, well, he that's doesn't, fucked up. He doesn't tell her it's their last night there. He doesn't say that yeah. until the very end. Yeah. So then he can ask her, it's like, if he wanted to go out for dinner, like an actual date date. Like, let's make it like a real date. Mm-hmm. Well, first, I want to say how he does it. How does he do it, Jeff? Because he goes to her house and he climbs over her back fence. It's a very funny shot because it's like, it just stays static and he goes over the fence and you're like, rrr, rrr, you hear a dog start yelling. Yeah. And then he comes back and he's like, oh shit, because the dog attacked him. Yeah. There's a dog fight. Um, hey. And then she looks out the window and she's like, why is the dog freaking out? Yeah. She goes back in. Um, and then he climbs over again, distracts the dog. And manages to like tape a note to her window, mm-hmm. and then he waits for her out front, where he offers her what you're talking about. Yeah, to go out for like an actual nice dinner, nice night. Yeah, and against her better judgment, she does it. Against her better judgment. Yes. Yes. So they walk around the town and they find a place. Yes. And they go right up, and it's a very high class restaurant. Yes. Where they meet the front uh, host. Yeah, the the snooty host. The snooty host. Who plays this snooty host? This is important. This is important. I would say it is important. It's um, really important that we figure out who is the snooty host. And restaurant Matterde, Matterd, Matterde, Matterde, Matterde. Is that what it is? I believe. I mean, he's the host. But Dale Garman. Does it look like him? It, I, it, there's no photo. Oh, yeah, that's sad. And it's the, I mean, yeah, all it's the only one later, and then there's waiter. But no, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else. I think that's the one guy, but he has no photo. And he's not credited in anything else. Sad. I just want to say I thought he played a good role. He did a good job. Yeah, he, he actually did a very fine job. Yes. Also, I want to point out a quick uh, fun or fact I learned about this movie. Please. Please, so, for the love of God, yeah, with my, finish that sentence. My criticism that I had about this movie earlier, mm-hmm. uh, I'm reading now. Um, when it came to making the movie, initially the character of Rose was supposed to be markedly overweight. Yeah. Um, but Lily Taylor really impressed the director, Nancy Savoka, uh, that they picked her in light of the fact that like she didn't necessarily fit into the box that the movie's trying was originally trying to do, mm-hmm. which kind of lessens the blow of what I'm talking about in some respect. Like that they were conscious of this fact. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like you know Taylor did attempt, did gain twelve pounds, where they only put padding under her clothing. But I don't think that really shows in the movie. She still looks pretty small. Yeah. Um, anyway, 
Anyway. But that does, I did just want to point out that they did think about what my one criticism was for this yeah. movie, or one major. So they go up to this restaurant, and this restaurant, Mutterdy. Yes. Um, I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, Maiterdy. Maiterdy. Yeah. Mater. Do you know why? Wow, Mater. Um, I just... Literally, my brain went to the fucking friend like me song from Aladdin, where he's like, "Life is your restaurant. I'm your mater day." Um, that's mm. how broken of a human I am. That's <laughs> where my brain went when you said mater day. Um, um, and so he's like, "You he, must wear a suit." Yeah, you must wear a jacket and a tie. Yes. And he's like, "Okay." He's like, "Please, in my last day in deployment, can we please go in?" And he's like, "No." So Rose wakes up some family friends of hers or something who run now. Like, and they uh, say, we got to go to a funeral. Yeah, they run a thrift store and say, we have to emergency go to a funeral. We need a suit for him. And so they get him a jacket and tie. Yeah. And they go back and Phoenix starts really overselling it to this, um, to this major D. Yeah. He starts kind of being like, yeah, so we're here to really sit down and like really just kind of puts the, the works on being an asshole to him. Yeah. See if he feels like he's been treated poorly by the major D, which he was. Well, and then they, they're, he's going to go sit him down. It's like, well, we're going to take this table right yeah. here. He and just bro- he just keeps pushing the envelope of trying to be yeah. more of an asshole to him yeah. to get back at him. Yeah. To the point, and this was a good scene that I actually liked where Rose confronts him about that. Yeah. It's like, why are you like pushing it on yeah. him? It's like, well, you, we he's all like, deserve- He's just doing his job. It's like, we all we deserve respect. And it's like, yeah, but like that goes for him too. Like he's just doing his job and yeah. let's stop. It's like, you know, sometimes you don't always need to like punch back at yeah, things. You don't have to get even. Like right. even if he's a dick and a moron, like- that doesn't mean you have to be a dick and a moron back at him. Right. And he's not entirely convinced, but he's kind of starts seeing her way. And she's like, you don't have to swear every other word. And he's like, this is how I do it. And then the waiter comes up and it's like, oh, I'll have the fucking rice and the yeah, fucking she, she salad. Said, she starts doing like fucking the, the son of a bitch and son of a bitch and steak. Yeah. And she start picking up his mannerisms. Kind of making fun of how he does it so that he can hear what he sounds like. Yeah. And then he's just like, I'll just take a goddamn beer. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's actually funny. Yeah, but no, he she's like, why aren't you gonna eat anything? I was like, well, this kind of wipes me out clean. Yeah. So it was like, so she gives him some of her food. That's yeah. when they eat, and then they are, they leave dinner, and as they leave, she stops the Mater D and like, I'm sorry by the way that he was yeah. acting like an asshole, and he's just like, huh, and then leaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's all he does. And then he's just like, what we. Gets a boat back to the UK. Where, <laughs> he, a, he's not British. What but. a sad, sad life. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember where they go after that. Uh, so they're running around, and he compliments her on her outstanding bullshit um, and how she conned like the thrift store people. Yeah. Um, but they go around, and she once again brings up like how he acted around the waiter, mm-hmm. and and says like you know you you guys are always so committed about judging people by their looks and holding grudges about it. Yeah. And it's like, you're just become like the dog fight is the, just another representation of this. Yeah. Like they're very vain. They're very focused on looks and they hold these grudges that just like make them into angrier and angrier individuals mm-hmm. that collectively make an angrier and angrier country. Yeah. Mr. Movie really gets into it at the end. Um, after this point, they start, what did they do? They go around, they go to a music place. Oh, like um, they go to like a music venue. Oh shit! I don't remember any of this. They go to a music venue where she gets music lessons, and she plays a song that she likes from a folk singer whose name I cannot remember. From like guitar? Or yeah, like... she plays guitar on the stage. Oh, she plays piano. She plays piano. Oh, 
fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any of this stuff. <laughs> this is really bad. <laughs> We're off to a rip-roaring start. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. I have no excuse either. It's not like I've been busy working. <laughs> <laughs> no excuse. Oh, shit. No, it's funny. Uh, um, starting next week when we really get into the Fraser like lead roles, I think we'll really that'll be we'll, much we'll, we'll, we'll hit. We'll yeah, start really picking. We'll up. really start picking up speed. Um, I'll just I'll speed run what happens in the rest of this movie. He he listens to her perform. He re- kind of falls in love with her in that moment. Yeah. Um, they go back to her place. Um, they sleep together. And then the next morning, oh no! Before they sleep together, they have this really good scene that I liked. Um. Oh no! This is from later. Um, before the because it's after they slept together when they're walking to the bus yeah. when he tells her this yeah, was his last night. this is his last night before he deploys to Vietnam yeah before he goes to he's like yeah they're sending me to Okinawa and then apparently some little place called Vietnam we're just gonna train him how to fight we're not gonna be there long yeah to be in danger exactly. he's like there might be some danger and then he's like nah they're just gonna fight some commies it's yeah, like, he's oh, like the gonna, com- we're training them to fight some commies it's gonna be easy yeah uh, newsflash it wasn't hundreds <laughs> 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 of thousands of soldiers sorry, dead <laughs> sorry to uh, blow it for your river but uh, it doesn't go so well no it does not um it goes, in fact, poorly. I would say. In fact, One could say we lost. Yeah, it might in fact be the first war America lost. Yeah. Um, oh Lord. No, it was it strategic withdrawal, Stuart. It was not a loss. Oh, it was shit. strategic withdrawal. Okay. Well, um, Vietnam's a great exporter country right now, so hey, worked out. Um. But yeah, he go. He she gives him her address in case she want in case he wants to write her any letters. Mm-hmm. And he goes off and he skips down towards the Golden Gate Bridge and it's really cute. It's a nice it's a nice shot. I like that. Yeah. Um and then he gets on the bus with his friends. And, um, and they're all like, uh no, um, don't I uh, see your face uh, down. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's struggling so much, ladies and gentlemen. He is uh, struggling so much. Uh, <laughs> No, don't. I'm not doing it. I'm, no. not, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not I gonna... swear to God, I will reach across the table and slap you in the face if you do okay. any type of a, impression. A, a door opened. No, and... no, I'm what? just saying what the yeah. Okay, <laughs> so he runs towards the Golden Gate Bridge. It's a really nice shot. That was a cool way to end this movie. And the Our... movie's over, and they lived happily ever after. Nothing bad happens afterwards. Uh, no, it cuts to next morning. Um, JFK gets shot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then he's on the bus with the other bees and all the boys, the, the bees, bees and, the, and boys. the boys. This movie should have just been called the bees and the boys. It honestly should have. It's really um, about the dog fight. Yes. And so they're on the bus and they're heading to where they're going to deploy from. <laughs> and, um, what are you laughing about? Nothing. <laughs> um, and all of the other, the, all the bees are asleep except for bird lace and, one of his friends, um, whose name I can't remember. I think it's Birdson or something like that. Something it's like, like that. the the lead bee, who's not him. Bumble. Yeah, Bumble. That would Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Bum- Bumblebee. <laughs> okay. Um, it's not like we watched all the Transformers movies. Yeah, it's not like that was a marathon that we did. Um, <laughs> but they're talking, and he's like, "So you're gonna tell me about the?" He tells all the other boys that he went out with a corporal's wife, wife yeah. that night, and they're like, "Yeah, man, get it." Except there's one that knows knows that he's lying because he saw him walking by with Rose through a right. window earlier. Yeah, and he's like, "I know you were lying," and, and then he responds like, "Well, I know that the girl you brought, you was, paid her off. Was you, you paid, paid her off, EG Daily." Yeah, so they decide to keep it quiet yeah. between each other. 
And then he's like, um, you know, we're all uh, the other ones. Like we're all bullshitters. Did we mention that? Like she, they, he, she writes him her address. Yes, and on a right. But then when he gets on the bus, as they leave, he rips it up. Yeah, and throws it out the window. Yeah, proving um, that men don't change. Mm-hmm. Well, um, what I like in the scenes, he doesn't rip it up and throw it out until the line. Until the other one gives this line where he's like, "We're all everyone's a bullshitter on this world. We're all bullshitters," and he's like. Everyone in the core is a bullshitter. We buy our bullshit from Kennedy, who buys it from the people of the U.S. of fucking A. And that's what makes us Americans, is that we're all eating the bullshit. We're all going in on the bullshit. That is a good Everyone's line. Everyone's lying. That is a good line. But he says, I know that there was no bullshit in what I saw between the two of you. That's maybe the one honest thing. Mm. That's good. That's and good. so River Phoenix is kind of like, oh, God, if that was real, like, I, like, I can't let, he's too afraid to let something real touch him Mm -hmm. because he's like a very aggressively masculine person. So he rips it up and he throws out her address to try and like, just, he doesn't want to change. He's, he's giving up his chance to be like, to get out of the bullshit, to escape the bullshit. Yeah. Uh, And then we flash forward a few years. They're on the, uh, the hills of Vietnam, otherwise known as the hills of Southern California. Yes. Because they clearly did not go to Vietnam for this shot. No. It's because it's like four shots in the scene. But it, it is funny how much it just looks like a hill in Southern California. Pretty much, it's yeah. It's like, there's like there's like a cactus in, <laughs> in yeah. the background. Um, They're all just, the four bees are sitting around. They're like, yeah, what's going on? Eh? Yeah. And then an explosion Ew, goes off. Bam. Three of them die. Yeah. And Bird at least gets his leg kind of fucked up. He doesn't have to lose it, but he gets he's not Lieutenant Dan, but he's limping. Yeah, he's limping. Yeah. Um he gets he gets evac from the zone. We cut to him getting off the bus in San Francisco a few months later. With a limp now. Yeah. Same way he did at the beginning of the movie. We've gone full circle. Yeah. And he's walking around San Francisco at one point, which has changed a lot since like because when he was last there it was like the end of the fifties. I mean it was sixty three, but it was the end of the fifties era where all the girls were in like the um forget what the giant dresses like the cocktail dresses yeah and the men would wear suits and go out with slip back hair to the clubs and stuff it's all hippies now um like flower children and whatnot at one point someone's like how many babies you kill man to him because he's wearing his fatigues yeah um and the anti-war movement had really taken off and so now like his commitment to you know the bullshit his commitment to living this bullshit life as like a tough guy that he's been trying to peddle has really just gotten him on the outs with everybody. He has nothing to his name, nothing for his life. Yeah. He's a man without a country, a man without a point. And I think the movie does a good job of showing that yeah. and not telling us that. And he goes to Rose's, the like coffee shop that he works at, which has now been renamed Rose, his coffee shop. And rather than going, he goes to a bar across the street where there's a very strange scene. Um, Actually, it makes sense in the context, but... He's, like, talking to the bartender, and he has, like, the bee tattoo on his arm because mm-hmm. he was one of the bees. And the guy's like, you want to see my tattoo? And he lifts his stomach up, and he's got a big belly, and he has a tattoo of, a like, a nude woman on it right on his belly button. And then when he shakes his belly, the woman dances. And so, like, even in this final moment, um, Birdlace, like, has chosen to stick with, like, the masculine world yeah. rather than just, like, open up to the feminine world. But this final like moment is like what kind of finally convinces him to be like, all right, fuck this shit. I can't even get a drink in this bar without this guy peddling some like nude woman on his stomach to me. Yeah. So he crosses the street and he f- runs into Rose inside. 
and she recognizes him immediately. She goes up to him. They have a big old hug. Movie camera pans out. Cut to credits. Movie ends. Movie ends. It's a very sweet ending. Like he finally he finally gave up and he finally like this reconciliation between like the war and the peace movements. And what we don't see is she slap him across the face and be like, I'm married now. You never wrote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a daughter. Yeah. Um, overall, a movie I really liked. Yeah. I mean, I agree with every single thing you said, Jeff. It just goes to the fact that I never caught, I was never like sold into the River yeah. Phoenix character. You, and so I never really found myself yeah. invested in those things. And that, that is a fault of this movie is that while Phoenix is good, like you said, he is hard to like kind of, find as an appealing character yeah there's not a lot to him yeah and the fact that he's just a critique of like male masculinity like struggles when you're just a critique of an archetype it's not enough yeah right we don't get and a lot of backstory from him while that didn't hold me up too much and i still like this movie i 100 percent would agree with that point that it yeah. is a major hang-up in this movie and that's probably why this movie wasn't a major success yeah so that's dogfight. Yeah, that's dogfight. Is there any post text to this movie, Jeff? Um, so this movie it comes out, it gets pretty positive reviews. Uh, nothing crazy. Um, and at like the Rotten Tomatoes is seventy nine, but we know that's like you know whatever because that's just on a, a binary scale. Yeah. Um, but it basically got a really it got some really lovely reviews from people who matter, like Roger Ebert really liked this movie. Um, but then there's, you know, the New York Times critic thought the movie didn't have a point. Like, there's no point to it. Yeah. He found a str- he struggled to get in touch with the characters. He's going to find them realistic. And so this movie causes a little discussion. It doesn't make a lot of money. It only made like $400,000. Damn. Well, um, is there any sign of what the budget was? I cannot find budget information. It's got to be at least like in the millions, someone. Yeah. Probably like, like one or two million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a lot. It's a pretty, it's a pretty contained movie. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make... Um, much of an impact. Yeah, but it, it does build a cult following over time. Hmm, really, it kind of builds like a cult. Not like you know they're showing at midnight at like fucking independent theaters and shit. But it has its followers now and has its fans. Um, and then in 2012, they made a musical of this movie. No shit. Yeah, an off-Broadway musical, um, called Dogfight, was written about this. Was uh, made out of this movie. I'm looking to see if there's anyone of note in the cast for the musical. I can't find anyone, but it has been playing in, it played off-Broadway, West End, Australian, um, Dutch, Germany. So it it kind of became a more successful musical than it became a movie. movie. I, who is the musical writer who'd watched this movie and thought, this could be a musical? Um, I can tell you exactly. A Benj Pasek and Justin Paul. That's interesting. That's very interesting um, to Pete me. Pete Dukin. I'm checking to see if these guys have done... Oh, no way. No way. So it looks like, yeah, the guys who did um, Dear Evan Hansen. Did Dogtooth. Dogtooth? Do- <laughs> what dog the fuck fight. is Dogtooth? Dogtooth is a uh, Yargos Lanthimos film. Okay. So, yeah, the guys who did uh, Dear Evan Hansen. This was the musical they did before that. Have you seen Dogtooth? I have not. Probably movie. looks like a good movie. Same guy. Who I like Yorgos Lanthimos. Yes, Yorgos Lanthimos, great, great, great filmmaker. Yeah, these guys did um, they did Dear Evan Hansen on Broadway as well as James and the Giant Peach on Broadway. Wow, now that is a good movie. They you also did the music for La La Land, really movie uh, as well as The Greatest Showman. They What's did their two songs again? Um, 
Pasek and Paul, Benj Pasek and Justin Paul. Wow. That's yeah, that's nice. pretty cool. They that's did pretty cool. Um, Dear Evan Han- the Dear Evan Hansen movie rough. Uh, they did two songs for Aladdin. The uh, the live action one with Will Fer- with Will Ferrell. Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Will Ferrell is the genie. <laughs> that would have been very funny. Did you just watch Step Brothers? Friend like me, I did actually just watch Step Brothers. Oh, you were there. I was there. Um, this did um great movie. Yeah, they did a Friend like me at the Catalina Wine Mixer. Yes, I love Step Brothers. Good movie. Um, but yeah, Dogfight became a more it wasn't like a hugely successful musical, but it had a few runs. Um, but it did more there than it did at the uh the movies. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's basically that's basically the extent of Dogfight and like the impact it has. What it does do for Brendan Fraser is it gives him his first like speaking role, his first line, and a quantifiable first movie appearance. Yes, this is like the first like on all of like the trivia pages and Wikipedia's and stuff. It's like Dogfight first Brendan Fraser performance. Yes, and we talked about it, and we had it, and I like this movie. I fuck with it. I fuck with this movie. Yeah, not a sick day. No, no sick days involved. Yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, swell, 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 Jeff. Sorry, it wasn't much of a contribution to this one. No, it's fine. I really, I you know, once we get more, like you said, once we get more into the Brandon Fraser lead movie, yeah. so which starts up. next week. Yeah. Because, folks, make sure to tune in next week for our episode on guilty until proven innocent. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay. Um, which is a, I believe, Martin Sheen movie. Yes, it is. Which another, is another one that we have to watch on YouTube. Another TV movie. Yes. Uh, it's Martin Sheen and Brendan Fraser. Guilty until proven innocent. Yes. That's next week. And the week after that, we have our first real Brendan Fraser lead role with Encino Man. Gotcha. We'll be joined by a previous guest who I'll announce next week. Um, but for now, thank you for listening to Dogfight. Uh, please remember to rate, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Pop to our Reddit, r slash Travolting. Find us on Twitter or Instagram at TravoltingPod. TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com if you have any emails to send us. Um, find me on Instagram or find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. Uh, nar. <laughs> nar. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, thank you to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design and Michael Van Bodingham-Smith for the theme music that is now taking you out. See you next week, folks. Mm-hmm.